Well, good morning. Aren't you glad this morning that in these days we live in when it seems everything is changing day by day, we have a God who never changes. The same God who sprinkled the stars in the sky and calls every one of them by name, the same God who met Moses in a burning bush, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead is here to meet with us this morning. We ought to praise him this morning. He's a mighty God. He's an awesome God. We're going to, we're going to start this morning in Acts chapter 2 because this is a, a favorite scripture of this church, I believe. And then we're going to go all over the Word of God around the world in 20 minutes, okay? So you might miss some of the scriptures. Go home and get on, uh, start to say YouTube, I guess it's Facebook, and you can watch this again, and you can stop it and pause it and pick up those scriptures you missed. But we're going to start in Acts chapter 2. We do welcome those that are joining us this morning uh, on the Internet, and we pray God's blessings upon you and upon your family this morning. Acts chapter 2, beginning in the first verse, we're going to read four verses and then ask uh, the blessing of the Lord upon our service. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father God, you're a mighty God, an awesome God, an all-knowing God. And Lord, we just pray, God, knowing and believing that you know exactly what you seek to accomplish with this word this morning. Take this powerful living word and plant it in hearts where it's needed. Give us the wisdom, Lord, to cling to your word and to be obedient to your word. And we'll be careful to give you praise for all things in Jesus' name and amen. Amen. You know, I believe that one of the most misunderstood teachings of the word of God concerns the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. There are some folks who read this passage of Scripture and they decide that the Holy Spirit came primarily to cause people to speak in tongues. There's other believers who see the Holy Spirit as this invisible force that comes down on Sunday morning and causes you to be happy and to jump and to shout and to do all of these type of things. Now, I'm not knocking these things, understand me. I believe we need tongues because that's one way that God communicates with his people. And I believe definitely that we need some spirit-led worship in the church and in our homes. But this morning, if that's all you've got is tongue-talking and goosebumps, then you're missing out on some of God's greatest blessings. I want us to spend just the next few moments thinking about 
and hearing about the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believers. Now, I realize some of this you've heard over and over, but you know, sometimes we need a refresher. We need to go back and hear stuff that we heard before and, and relive it and revive it in our life. So I'd like to start by saying that the Holy Spirit gives life. Did you ever think about that? Even though the Holy Spirit came in a very unique way in Acts chapter 2, he has always existed and he's always been active in God's creation. In the very beginning, Genesis 1 and 2 tells us that as God began to create the heavens and the earth, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And in, in Genesis 2 and 7, we're reading there about the creation of man. And Scripture says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, God literally reached down and scooped together the dust of the earth. Think about this. All of his other creation, he just spoke the word and it came into existence. But God in his great mercy and compassionate and care handmade man. And after he had formed him of the dust of the earth, the scripture says he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the word there, the Hebrew word for breath is ruah, which can be translated breath or spirit. So it was literally the spirit of God that was breathed into man, causing him to come to life. We see this work of the Spirit again when we read about the birth of Jesus. Now forgive me, I know it's not December and we hold the birth of Jesus just for the month of December, but bear with me this morning. In, the, in Matthew 1 and 20, it says that an angel appeared unto Joseph in a dream. And he said to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, be not afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. It was the Spirit that created life in that virgin womb. And then perhaps most important to all of us here this morning, it's the Spirit that gives life to a repentant sinner. We call it the new birth. And we get that from John 3 and 5, where, where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. <clears throat> you see, there's no salvation apart from the working of the Holy Spirit. There's no salvation apart from the working of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit draws us to God. The Spirit helps sinners understand that they need a Savior. And when that individual chooses to repent and believe and call upon the name of the Lord, God breathes his Spirit into that individual, and the Spirit takes up a dwelling place on the inside of us. Now, I don't want to step on anybody's theology this morning, but friends, we don't need to call the Holy Spirit down. He came in Acts chapter 2. He came, and he, he's not coming again in that fashion. What we need to realize is that the Holy Spirit is inside of us, and we just need to release him to do his work. Okay, so... Uh, 
That may be new theology for you. But we come into God's house and we sing, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, rain on me. All these things, and they're good churchy songs. But the Holy Spirit's already with us when we walk through the door. All we need to do is be obedient to release him to do his work. John 6, 63 says, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. The word quicken means to bring to life. Like I said before, there's no salvation apart from the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, we hear people that say, he came to Jesus, or she came to Jesus. But the truth is, none of us came to Jesus. He came to us. Oh, it puts a whole new perspective on our, on our salvation, on our Christian life, when we realize that he came to us. Now, if I might testify for just a moment this morning, I remember when I was lost and in sin, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't trying to come to Jesus. I was afraid of God. I was afraid of preachers. That was back in the day when preachers used to go knock on doors and, and you know, they come to my door. I was going in the bedroom and somebody else could answer the door. I didn't want nothing to do with them, but God in his mercy came to me. And in fact, he moved me some 600 and some odd miles from Detroit, Michigan to a little place in Tennessee where I could attend a little Baptist church where I heard the gospel preached. And the Holy Spirit began to prick my heart. And one day at the side of a bed in an old farmhouse there, I knelt down and said, God, forgive me of my sin. And Jesus, I want you in my life. And guess what? He's been there ever since. But God came to me. I like that old hymn we sing. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He came to me to us, and we ought to praise him. The God of all glory came to us. And then when the Holy Spirit takes up his dwelling inside of us, that's only the beginning. That's not the end, that's the beginning. Some people think they're just going to get saved and live like they want to until one day they go to heaven. Surprise, surprise, surprise. That's what Gomer would say. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? Jesus said, in that day, there are going to be people that say, didn't I preach in your name? Didn't I teach Sunday school in your name? Didn't I give offerings in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me, for I never knew you. You see, the salvation experience and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is only the beginning point. Once he's in our life, the Holy Spirit begins to transform us. He changes us from the inside out. You see, before we can change our actions, we need to change our attitudes. And without Christ, we got some pretty bad attitudes. We got a major eye problem. I want this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's all about me. But when we come to Jesus and the Holy Spirit indwells us, our attitude begins to change. And we begin to care about our neighbor. We begin to love our neighbor. We begin to reach out to those who are less fortunate than we are and so on. 
John 1 and 12, Jesus said, but as many as received him, to them gave he power, notice that, gave he power to become the sons of God and to them that believe on his name. As believers, we're always constantly becoming. We're always under construction, kind of like the interstates in Illinois. Always under construction. And the Holy Spirit is transforming us. He starts by renewing our mind. Romans 12 and 2. He renews our mind and changes the way we think. And then our thinking begins to affect our actions. Again, in John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, now notice this, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You want more of the spirit? You don't have to beg and plead like the false prophets did on Mount Carmel. All you have to do is fill yourself with the word. These words are spirit and they are life. And Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's alive. Remember, the spirit gives life. This book is unlike any other book in the world because as this spirit is touched and moved upon, as this word is touched and moved upon by the spirit, it becomes alive. And powerful. The Spirit always gives life. And in the Spirit helps us to get rid of the old and put on the new. Kind of like changing clothes. I remember one time, and I won't go into details, but I fell into a septic tank. And the only thing that stopped me from going all the way under was as I went down, I put my arms out like that, and it caught me. But man, I was covered from my feet to my chest and I needed a change of clothes. And friends, when we first come to God, that's how we look. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. But the Holy Spirit helps us to take off the old and to put on the new. And Philippians 1 and 6 says, He which began that good work in us will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit not only transforms us, but he leads us. And the most prominent way he leads us is through his word. Through his word. When we neglect the word, we neglect his leadership. Now I want you to do something this morning. I want you to take a trip from Champaign, Illinois, down to Orange Beach, Alabama. Okay? And you can't use Google, and you can't use any kind of map or atlas. You can't ask anybody directions, and you can't use a GPS. Just walk out your front door and start going till you get to Orange Beach, Alabama. How many of us would ever get there? Probably we'd say, well, Alabama's to the south, so we'd start walking south. But how many of us would ever get there? But you see, that's how oftentimes we are handling the Christian life. We neglect the leadership of God's Spirit, and we're out there on our own, and we're moving, and we're making motion, and we're like a hamster on a wheel, spinning that wheel, but we're not getting anywhere in our Christian life. 
We need the Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us. Only the Spirit can get us to where God wants us to be. Now, the Holy Spirit, in leading, he teaches us. If you learn anything spiritual this morning, it's not because of me, it's because the Spirit gave it to you. You know what preaching is? It's somebody who is empowered by the Spirit who takes a handful of this word like a handful of seed and just throws it out on the congregation. And the Holy Spirit comes along and plants those seeds where they need to be. The Holy Spirit. That's why for one person this will stand out, for another person that will stand out. But it's the Holy Spirit, and sometimes that word convicts us, sometimes it protects us, sometimes it comforts us. But it always leads us in the direction that God wants us to go. And then, not only does he lead us, but the Holy Spirit empowers us. Now, nobody asked me why I brought my glove this morning. But this is a special glove. This glove can pick that Bible up and raise it way up over my head. Want to see it? Uh-oh, something wrong. I know it needs something inside it. Maybe if I put my hand in there. Something's still wrong. What has to happen is my brain has to give permission to my hand by sending a signal down there, and then guess what? This glove can lift that Bible up and Wave it around. You know, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Number one, till you get Jesus inside of you, you can't do anything that's of eternal significance. But even when he's inside of you, you know, there's so many Christians walking around that's saved and they got the Holy Spirit, but they're not accomplishing anything for the kingdom of God. Why? Because they won't give the Holy Spirit the permission to work. Now that might sound strange to you. Why do I have to give them permission? Because God will never overpower your will or your freedom of choice. You have to give the, the Spirit permission. Yes, God, change me. Yes, God, move me. Yes, God, leave me. Without me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. The Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome sin. You know, we've got people that's walking around with things in their life that they want to get rid of. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit. But they can't do it because they're not letting the Spirit of God work on that thing. There is power available to you. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask according to the power that worketh in us. But we have to give that power the permission to work. The Holy Spirit will empower us. He'll empower us to be a witness. Now, most people are scared to death to share their faith and be a witness. But that's the reason God put his spirit in us. You know, I don't think we understand how vitally important it is. You see, it's the spirit that leads people to Christ and initiates eternal life. 
that it's the Holy Spirit that indwells each of us. We are vessels that contain the Holy Spirit, and we have to take the Holy Spirit to where the lost and dying are so that he can work through us to reach them, or they have no chance of being saved. God doesn't just rain down his spirit on some lost person and and save them all apart from someone else. God didn't have a plan B for the gospel. It's for his children to carry his spirit to the place where he desires to work on the hearts and lives of lost individuals. Are you carrying the spirit out? to those who are lost. If we fail to take the Spirit to them, we fail to take the Word to them. They have no hope. Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on him who they've not believed, and how shall they believe in him who they've not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, that word preacher doesn't mean someone who's ordained to stand in the pulpit. He's talking about all of God's children proclaimers of the word. On the other hand, if we're willing to go and to tell and share with others what God's done for us, the Holy Spirit will work through us to draw them to Jesus. And then he'll help them to understand that they need a Savior, and he'll lead them to repentance and impart to them the gift of life. Now this morning, we said a whole lot in a short time. I hope you can hear as fast as I can talk. But now it comes to that time in the service where we need to take it personal. We need just to think about what's been said to us this morning and ask ourselves a couple of questions here. Is the power of God working in you and through you Again, I say, think about your own situation. Your situation this morning is unique. My situation is not exactly like my wife's. Your situation is not exactly like the person sitting next to you this morning. Think about your own situation. Maybe there's something in your life that you know it's not pleasing to God and you're trying and trying to overcome it and to get rid of it. And the more you say no, the more you do it. The more you say, I'm not going to do that anymore, the more you find yourself doing it. You need to give God permission this morning to work on that thing in your life, whatever it is. God, I surrender and I withdraw. I just want you to work, and I'll I'll do my part as you lead me. I'm not going to sit here and, and wait for you to drop the answer in my lap. But God, I give you permission through your Holy Spirit to work. Are you being led by the Spirit? Easy test. Where are you now spiritually compared to where you were a year ago? You know, when I was a kid, my parents used to back us up against the doorframe and draw a pencil mark over our head. And then the next year, we'd go stand in the same spot, and they'd draw another pencil mark over our head, and you could look at it and say, hey, I grew that much or that much or that much. What about spiritually? Where are you this morning compared to where you were a year ago? 
Do you know more of the Word of God? Are you being used more of God? Are you experiencing the power of God working through you? If not, you need to ask God to help you in that area. And the most, most in question, important question of all we could ask this morning, because only God knows the heart of every individual, have you received the gift of eternal life? Maybe you're like I was. Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you just don't have no desire for God. But this morning, maybe the Holy Spirit has spoke to you and said, hey, I need my life to change. I need my life to change for the better. That's God calling to you this morning and offering you the gift of eternal life, the gift of eternal salvation the gift of an abundant life, which is the greatest, richest, most sought-after life that man can live, the abundant life that Jesus gives. I want us to stand together. And I'm just going to ask you as you stand, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand or publicly acknowledge anything. I'm just going to ask you that where you're at this morning, you bow your head in prayer. And now, you don't have to say fancy words. God's not impressed with long, flowery prayers. God's not impressed with King James English, all the these and thous and those. When you pray, talk to God like a child would talk to his father sitting on his knee. And just say, God, I need your help this morning. I need your help in this area of my life. And right now, I'm just going to get out of the way and let you have your way. Can we pray this morning as we close this service? Father God, we're so grateful to serve a true and living God. One who's powerful, one who's awesome, one who will never be defeated, one who will never cease to exist. God, you have all power in heaven and earth, but because of the limitations you've placed on yourself, we, you only have the power in our life that we allow you to have. And God, if we say, no, we don't want you, then you're, you'll just withdraw but God, if any man desires you, you said if any man knock at the door, you will come in and sup with him. Lord, if there's someone here that's never met you as Savior and Lord, I pray a special, a special blessing of the Holy Spirit upon that person that, Lord, they would just give their heart and their life to the Lord Jesus. Lord, for your children who have individual needs, whether they be physical, spiritual, financial, mental, relationship needs, God, there's power in your word, there's power in your spirit. As the song says, Lord, that power will break every chain. And Lord, you said when we know the truth, the truth would set us free. This morning, I pray for each one here and for each family represented, for each one that would be joining us on Facebook this morning or the internet, 
God, that your spirit would have his will and his way. Lord, as we leave this place this morning and go our separate ways, help us to carry the word with us. Help, help us to carry your spirit to those who are lost and without Christ, that they might be brought into your kingdom. And we'll be careful to praise you and give you the glory for all things. In Jesus' name, and amen.